0: On December 11, a protest group, Te Hodua, entered our National Museum. They cordoned off a large wooden display panel showing an English version of the Treaty of Waitangi and they proceeded to deface it, redacting phrases using spray paint and an angle grinder. Te Papa have kept the uh, defaced panel up since and it's drawn a significant surge of visitors to see it. The group responsible called themselves artists and artivists. And a publicly funded contemporary art space in Cuba Street in Pornicky Wellington and Joy Gallery have identified it as an artwork. They sold A3 posters of the redaction to cover legal costs for the group and it sold like hotcakes. And in the lead up to Waitangi Day, they're hosting in Cuba Street's Left Bank a two-day exhibition with the group and publishing a book. That's uh, Sunday and Monday from 11 till 6. So, is this art... Or fundraising. I'm joined by one of the group's members, Kelly O'Neill. Kia ora, Kelly.
1: Kia ora, Mark.
0: Te Waka haurua. I wanted to know how you began and what what the co of the group is.
1: Mm, sure, Te Waka formed in 2019 at the towards the end of a camp that. Um, Extinction Rebellion Aotearoa had organised.
0: They're a climate change action group, essentially. Extinction Rebellion, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. Known for known for their also great dramatic protest works. Yeah. Internationally.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and there have been some, um, you know, I think very justified criticisms of XR as well, particularly in Aotearoa and in other colonial what, what's states. So, what
0: so and why?
1: For Aotearoa specifically, XR came out of England, UK, doesn't have the context of a, of Indigenous solidarity, it doesn't have, right. um, they obviously don't have a treaty, um, so it was just very different conditions under which they were taking action, and then that spread very quickly around the world, which is great because obviously we need more action and more um, kind of people holding the, those in power to account, but what we have seen is some maybe a lack of recognition around the amount of work that has been frontlined by Indigenous communities all around the world for the last 50, 100, 200 years, particularly in terms of environmental protection.
0: So hence hence this group of yours, I guess, here locally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you're Tangata Whenua-led, is that correctly? Is that how it works? Yes, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so we're Tangata Whenua-led and active allies. Um, We have... We try to do everything in a te ao Māori framework as possible. And the first, uh, yeah, so we formed at the end of this camp, this XR camp, and um, very quickly became our own group. And over the first couple of years, we actually did work a lot within the climate movement, with particularly within XR, to try and decolonise the framework in which we were, yeah. as activists, trying to take climate action. Yeah. Um, and that went on and that was quite that went that went pretty well but ultimately we decided that we are, you know, a group unto ourselves at this point because we have such a clear ko and it really centers tetriti justice even though we are, yeah, a climate and social justice group that has our that's our chosen kind of central focus because of the implications that it has for our society as a whole.
0: The December eleventh action that you undertook, which didn't come out of nowhere, that'd been you tried all sorts of ways of talking to De Papa, including an occupation of that space in level four, that exhibition space. Mm-hmm. What, in twenty twenty one? What role did you play on December the eleventh? And and what do you, role do you play in the, in the in the group?
1: So we're a very small core group and I'm a I'm a I'm a member who's been there since the beginning, a founding member. Um the way we operate is that Tangata, Tiriti, Tauiwi, Pakiha don't have any voting rights but contribute to discussion equally so it's it's very much non-hierarchical but in terms of decision making that's always done by Tangata Whenua. So I, um, yeah, I'm there as a fellow activist and um, with the skills that I bring from my personal life and on December 11th um, I was media spokesperson at the museum itself. I was um, safety officer, yes. so I had to make sure that um everything was happening in the order that everything was you know we had a plan to keep everyone safe um, and that was my role <laughs> at Te papa wow
0: that's 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 quite something quite a remarkable event obviously leading to arrest. you were arrested as part of that group mm-hmm you've got two members who are awaiting trial. That's correct, hey? That's right, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the whole discussion around the treaty, of course, is, is well known, but it, it, it is interesting for us to talk a little bit about the presentation, the context of that museum display, because it, it sort of puts everything into relief. I understand over time that Te Papa had been asked for some time around maybe this being changed, and there'd been even discussion quite early on. The exhibition had been there since Te Papa's commencement in 1998, and um, I think even Dame Claudia Orange, who was there, noted treaty expert, had seemed to nod towards the fact that changes needed to be made. But the presentation itself, you've got Te the Māori version, on one giant wall, and and the other is this English translation. What is the issue?
1: Well, I mean, um, yeah, I think semantics are really key here, and the Māori version... Is actually Te Tiriti o Waitangi. That's our founding document. The other document is um, is an English draft of what was then translated into Māori to become the signed agreement.
0: So the the, the Māori version is the signed version, the one that everyone saw and signed, mm-hmm. or at least uh, Māori did. But I think that the English one did have some signatures. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think importantly, what it what is important to remember is that. The discussion at Waitangi happened over two days. The only document that was discussed with the rangatira at Waitangi was the Te Reo Māori version. The English version was read out. To, that's my understanding, as it was read out. But it was a you know there were over a hundred thousand people speaking Te Reo Māori and approximately two thousand settlers at the time. So the, the English literacy was incredibly low. It was the Māori version that people were agreeing to. That rangatira were agreeing to. I think 512 people signed the Māori version. The English version was taken to two locations only and had 39 signatures. Mm. And this is slightly anecdotal from, from... me but you know in my opinion that could be likened to a clerical error where someone has accidentally taken the draft
0: out to
1: the field to be signed you know when it was not actually the agreed document. Well
0: to Papa in their defence you know the whole idea of this exhibition is for them to note the difference between the two and the discrepancy and I think they even state and maybe it was on their website I read that you know Hobson's draft was pretty bad and had to be redrafted before it was signed. They've taken the lead on that. So you, you, your issue as I'm. Taking like, the lead on it. Uh, okay, taking the lead. <laughs> in well, one
1: sense. Yeah. They've also upheld this narrative that the English document has a lot of standing and coming back to your point about the presentation at Te Papa you know that is the real issue is that these two documents are presented as if they have equal importance and equal stature and as you might have heard from people like Carwin Jones like we're, we're beyond the point where that type of presentation is appropriate because it misleads people into believing that either it's a translation yes. or it's part of the official agreement which... It's neither.
0: You're on Culture One O One and I'm speaking to activist and artist Callie O'Neill about the group Tewaka Hodua. Well it's it's taken a long time, but it sounds like you've had really positive movement in the sense that Te Papa are actually saying they're going to renew the exhibition. Surely that's kind of what you want?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as you've pointed out, you know, they themselves have recognised that when Network Waitangi Fangare made their complaint seventeen years ago, Te Papa told them that they
0: acknowledged that yes. and that
1: they would change the exhibition and that it was a matter of funding. But, you know, my response to Te Papa's argument there is, is you know, this is our arguably one of the critical aspects of Aotearoa history as the National Museum. It should be a priority to be displaying that in a way that, that they feel is appropriate at very least, you know, but they've had mm. a lot of feedback. And just to your point as well about how long this feedback has been going on, the advice of the Māori Advisory Board during the design of Te Papa did not approve of how that exhibition was being designed.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, well, Peter and May, we are here where we are, and the interesting thing is at the moment, and this kind of brings us to the to the art aspect of it, is damaged work, and I'm going to call it vandalised because the definition of vandalism is damage to public or private property, is really almost an artwork at the moment people are thronging in there I was in there just yesterday and it's actually quite remarkable to see it it's quite beautiful it almost looks like a Ralph Halterie or a sense and uh, you know it, it's arguable that De Papa are actually gaining a lot from this at the moment because they're getting a lot of attention ar- around the very discussion that they were trying to have with the exhibition in the first place
1: um, yeah that's an interesting way to put it I mean I appreciate your comment about the about it being an artwork um, or that it appears as a as an artwork feels like art because we thought very carefully about what we were going to do, you know, and we didn't we didn't want to just we weren't we weren't trying to be vandals we weren't van, we didn't want to vandalize. But I think the discussion Well, that artists has... can be
0: vandals as well. I mean, a Banksy can <laughs> yeah. be an act of... You know, a Banksy drawing can be an act of vandalism at the same time as an act of art. I guess that's yeah. what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yes-men, and, you know, there's a yeah. bunch of precedents for art as activism, and that was exactly the direction that we were going. But I would argue that the conversations that it has incited is conversations that Tipapa itself were, were reluctant to instigate, which is why we took the action, because we... You know, it's a very critical time for the public to have an understanding of Te Tiriti o Waitangi and it's coming into the education system this year. You know, a lot of people, including myself, didn't have access to information about Te Tiriti o Waitangi growing yes. up. And um, the, what we have determined from members of the Māori Advisory Board during the design who we spoke to um, and from the responses from Te Papa itself is that Te Papa wasn't ready to present New Zealand Aotearoa, with the with the real story. So they've yeah. they've incited I, a discussion about Te Papa which we argue is misleading.
0: I understand your I understand your point because most of us don't speak to real Māori. And um, when we go in and we read the big English version on the wall, it, it doesn't tell us that Māori retained their sovereignty, which is what they signed. It she says they ceded it. That's correct, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think now, just to go back, I guess to my point, to Papa have what is probably a very valuable cultural asset, if not an artwork. I think it might be an artwork on their hands, because I can't imagine that they're going to dispose of that work, even if they consider it destroyed. It's 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 becoming much talked about. So indeed, the shortly afterwards, um, I believe, enjoy contemporary art space, a leading public space, a small leading public contemporary space in Wellington, issued posters of the work or a version of the work that you guys had produced. Mm. Um, did you collaborate with them on that?
1: Well, that was, I mean, that's, yeah, a beautiful collaboration. It was um, Five Ever Press, who work out of um, the Rebel Press, who offered to create the print
0: Mm, this is in Póniki, Wellington, yeah.
1: In Póniki, yeah. So they've created um, a document that is a proper redaction, but leaving the same words that we made the artwork over, about in Te Papa And Enjoy really quickly approached us to ask if they could host prints and sell them to help fundraise for the um, the court processes and court charges. Mm. resulting from the action
0: and and the director Daniel had really stated that it was an artwork. he used the word artwork and it's kind of interesting that in a way enjoy could be said to have framed this as an artwork and given it that legitimacy <laughs> by bringing it into the gallery you've got this exhibition about to to come with them, but further than that, one of our leading art curators and um, art historians, Christina Barton, led a summary of the year a, a call out to people around the world to talk about what was shaping up in the art world, what were the trends with with that very image, and talk to this very, I think quite nicely about this tension of of this as a artwork or cultural object, or or the meeting of art and activism.
1: Oh, Wow, I missed that.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll send you a link and put it on our, our web page. But were you always conscious? Just going back to your point of this as an artwork, were you? Oper- do you feel like you were operating both as an artist and an activist?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a very deliberate decision. Yeah, I know. I know. From the hui that we've had recently, you know, Tuihi, who was up on the wall, has not um, ever considered himself an artist he was He was before. the ab sailor because you had an yeah. ab sailor, right? yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't think people in our group didn't necessarily imagine themselves as artists, but I think the reality is, and something that you've no doubt seen a lot in your work, that art takes many shapes and forms, and it is, you know, maybe it's a, it is about that intersection between culture and the aesthetic and the dialogue that that creates and. Yeah, I think one of the aspects that we were very enthusiastic about was to make it humorous, and that as particularly as a as a strategy to allow people to find some relief in difficult subjects. You know, for a lot of Pākehā, as I am Tangata Tiriti Pākehā, you know, we don't necessarily have this document as a life and death matter on the top of our minds. It's not something that I grew up sort of yeah thinking about as I already mentioned and whereas for some people this is a really serious topic and what we believe you know is that in through art as activism there are multiple possibilities and by using humor there is an aspect of healing that you can kind of allow people to sort of laugh at something that's been very hurtful and very serious but then the the artistic aspect alone Allows people to interpret it themselves. You know, you're not just saying, "You're killing our children," or whatever the direct message is. You're actually, and which I think is one of the real powers of of art is to be able to allow people to respond through their own emotions, their own feelings, and their own time to have conversations mm. around it. That, um, yeah. So, so it was. Very deliberate, and um, if you want me to talk about the specific well, choices I, I, I of protection, I do. I mean, but firstly,
0: before I do, I mean, the incredible thing was that you guys went in there in hivers. You you, uh, you you put around some protection, and you actually had the time to do something. Which looks how long? How long did you have on the work?
1: It Would have been at least half an hour, yeah. forty-five <laughs> minutes. But we only had five <laughs> minutes to get set up. You know, that was the critical. <laughs>
0: Incredible. So spray paint and also an angle grinder. And um, you can see from the images that's quite incredible. So the, 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 there is something in that. It wasn't totally ad hoc at all. It felt really, really planned. Could you talk to us a little bit about the poetry? Because I think something that maybe hasn't come out in the press so far is really the effort that you've made to be creative with the language of of the document.
1: Mm. Kia ora. Um, yeah, the... The inspiration for the redactions came from one of the interactions with Te Papa. We um, we, have, we filed an official information act request asking for the correspondence regarding that exhibition between the Māori Advisory Board and Te Papa, and also any complaints that had been made prior to us about that exhibition. And um, Te Papa said they didn't have any record of correspondence with the Māori Advisory Board. I see. Coincidentally. Um, and they gave us the correspondence between Network Waitangi Fangare and some other emails of people who had complained, but it was 99% redacted. There was nothing for us to actually read. Oh, so they presented
0: there. you a redacted document. Yeah. Aha.
1: And that, was, that became the inspiration for our artwork. And um, we did quite a few... Redactions, we worked on it for quite a while, and that is part of what will be on display at Enjoy this weekend. Um, The ones that we finally chose sort of came together very naturally. I think, um, as you've mentioned, that in the English draft, the first article can be read that sovereignty is ceded to the Crown, and our final choice for that particular redaction was just to leave the word no. As this is, you know, something right, that has yes. um, never been a discussion for Maori, but that the Crown have perpetually used as as fuel for anti-Maori policy and, and work. So the first the first um, article simply says no. Uh, the second article, the redaction that remains readable, um, is Her Majesty the Queen of England is the alien. So I hope that that's relatively straightforward as well. Alien is the term used by the uh, Crown yes. at the time to talk about alienation of land. So Māori only had had the right to sell land only to the Crown. The Crown had the right to alienate Māori from land. That's where that word alien comes from. Um, but in a very literal sense at the time in Aotearoa, the Queen was the alien. Māori was normal. The word Māori even means normal. You know, <laughs> that was like, she was definitely the the foreign object. Um, so that, that was the one that we ended up going with for Article 2. And then Article 3, ration the Queen's veggies. Um, <laughs> yes. Haimana... One of the members of our group has actually written an article, which is in the book. I don't know if you've read I, that I one. Did I did last night. Yeah, but um, yeah. So writing the Queens Veggies is, is a very um, deeply thought through and beautifully comical statement about the power dynamics, the power inequities that are that continue to exist now and in the past. It was very, um, very obvious, you know, that monarchs you know the sort the sort of feudalism dynamic was very obvious at what was happening and and we actually find ourselves now in an incredibly similar position but it's capitalism's goal is to accumulate wealth in particular areas and basically the rest of the world is working to accumulate wealth for these few people you know we're we're in a situation again where we aren't distributing resources fairly by mm. any stretch of the imagination and, yeah, we need to do some really serious thinking about who has the right to use the resources that are currently being stolen from future generations. Mm.
0: Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention before we finished, um, well, of course, first the, the, the exhibition, and it's also an opportunity for people to come and um, have conversation and a cup of tea is uh, on today, Sunday, and, and Monday, 11 till 6. Are you happy for anyone to come?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: You feel like you can hold your temper? I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking that it, it, this is a really, you know, it's a really inflamed situation at the moment and there will be people listening out there who really want to come and have a real hard talk to you about what you're doing. Are you, are you yeah. up for that?
1: Oh, I would absolutely welcome that, definitely. Um, but I would also argue that there is a huge amount of accord of people feeling yep. similarly. And in fact, what we are seeing is our democracy is... Is not functioning particularly well in terms of representation, and the minority views are the very loudest. So we have no fear about talking to those people if they want to come and talk. We also don't believe that that's the majority. You know, it just happens that we have a government that has been able to form with minority, you know, votes, and so it's it's incredibly loud at the moment. But um if I can just mention on that in particular, you know, yes. I, I, I think that there are, you're obviously i'm sure you can talk to m- many people far more informed than myself on this um but the fact that these minority parties who present a minority for both Te Tiriti and also on climate action environmental action health you know this is a minority voice and they have been able to influence the government in a in a completely disproportionate way and now we even have the national government saying that they won't support the Treaty Referendum Bill beyond select committee, and yet that was the, that was the thing that allowed them to form a government. Yes,
0: but it's not such a different situation from Labour and the Greens, is it, when, where the Greens were a minority and were able to affect some change around climate action and have that influence, and I'm sure some people would look to that as a similar situation.
1: Yeah, it's I, MMP. Yeah, yeah. I would still argue that it's a, a that it's a broken system that needs some no. adjustment.
0: Thank you, Kelly, for coming, and I hope you have a great exhibition. Thanks a lot,
1: Matt.